This is Charitable Chit Chat with Kathy and Claire, and now it's time for Ask Kathy. I'm Claire Meyerhoff, and this is one of my favorite features of Charitable Chit Chat, when we get to ask my partner in podcasting an important question. Kathy Sheffield is a planned giving specialist, and in this episode, we also have one of our expert friends, Bill Strickland, planned giving officer with the California Community Foundation in Los Angeles. The question right now comes from a listener who wants to know, does my small nonprofit need gift acceptance policies? What are they? And why are they so important? So let's ask Kathy. That's such a great question, Claire. I would tell you that I would encourage every nonprofit, no matter how long they've been in existence, to have a gift acceptance policy. At the very minimum, my recommendation is that they have a description of the assets that they're willing to accept. That does two things. One, it gets them processing the board, processing uh, what their risk level is with regards to certain types of assets, whether it's tangible personal property, real estate, um, automobiles, boats, airplanes, things like that. So it uh, will allow them to assess their risk level. And then also it allows them to have an, an answer for a gracious no when a donor approaches an organization and says, you know, I have this and I'd love to give it to you. If you have at least a policy on the types of assets you will accept, you have that gracious no. Unfortunately, our organization does not accept those assets at this time. And Bill, do you have anything to add to that? What, what's your suggestion? So I, I would certainly agree with that. Uh, what I do a lot, because I get to have part of my role is I work with nonprofits on uh, helping them develop their gift planning messaging or to initiate or further develop their gift planning program. And um, I always start off with, are you aware of your gift acceptance policy? Do you even have one? Can you put your finger on it? Can your board members put their finger on it? Uh, ultimately, they are going to be responsible for knowing it. So uh, when I'm working with people, I provide them with exemplars. So I actually connect them, provide them with a link to the Council on Nonprofits. And they have a page with links for gift acceptance policy, discusses the purpose. Then also they're linked to various different exemplars. Some are very simple. I think it would be difficult to get down it, get it down to one page. That's my feeling. But then it, is, so it shows a range and then they can go in and select one. I always say, even if you're very small, take the one that that's the next level because in that way you would at least have discussed it and it allows for room for growth. So even if you're not able to do those things yet, you don't have to go back and have the board reapprove it. But I think having the gift acceptance policy, even if they already have one, encouraging them to go back and update it and refresh it. Because it ultimately it's going to be something that's going to be needed to approve at the board level. And particularly if we're looking at it with a plan giving perspective, a lot of gift acceptance policies don't necessarily even have gift planning provisions in it. So this provides an opportunity to inc include those. It gives the staff the opportunity to educate their board on it. Because when the board goes to approve it, they should know what they are approving. It gives that development officer the opportunity to invite those board members to become either founding members or members of the Legacy Society. And then also a number of organizations particularly the smaller ones, even if they have a gift acceptance policy, 
they might state, you know, we don't accept real estate. We don't accept business interests because they're too small. What organizations I've worked with is, I, you know, they've crafted it after I've worked with them and then they ask me to look at it and I said, I think you've left out something here. Or they come back and said, my finance committee said we need to take out issues on real estate. And I said, so all we have to do is add an additional link until such time that Charity X is able or willing to accept gifts of real estate on its own, staff is authorized to partner with third-party entities such as the California Community Foundation, the Jewish Community Foundation, to accept those on, the, on, on behalf. So that allows the organization to accept a gift in the manner that's meaningful for their donor. We will create what's called agency funds on behalf of nonprofits, asset is placed, and we do all the due diligence required to turn that into philanthropic dollars. And then depending upon how that fund is established, we can then make grants back to the organization on an endowed basis or a non-endowed basis. You want to address each of those particular areas, uh, asset types, and then say, even if we're not able to do it, we are authorized to reach out to the community founders. And That's most community foundations are going to be there to help. That's such a great uh, thought there, Bill, on that, because I, I agree with you wholeheartedly that nonprofits, unfortunately, often will say we do not accept X, Y, or Z when there are so many opportunities out there for them to partner with a community foundation or even another type of entity group that would allow them to accept that gift, not assume that liability and risk, and still benefit the nonprofit, which is typically the donor's intent. Rarely does a donor approach a nonprofit with ill intent. Um, and so many times a gift can go bad without the right gift acceptance policies. And you know, I, I started out by saying I wish every nonprofit had very thorough gift acceptance policies, but at the very least, at the very least, yeah. uh, explore which assets you're willing to dabble in. I'll add one more thing that there are so many sample specimens out there. Bill referenced um, a great source that you can get sample specimens, but I always encourage folks when you're looking at those, make sure you're customizing it to your organization. You oh. cannot simply take a gift acceptance policy that's a cookie cutter palette and then apply it to your organization without at least going through and um, making sure that it's appropriate for your organization. As a community foundation, I don't earn any fees Though the organization doesn't earn any fees by providing these consultation services to the nonprofits. I'm not able to go out and do board presentations for them, but I do say, you know, send me what you have prepared and I'll be very happy to look at it. And then I am able to ask them questions of, you know, when we spoke before, you had mentioned this, this, and this. Well, do you realize that this provision actually will take you in that direction? I don't know that every community foundation has that capacity to do it. But I've been able to help people, help individuals who are putting that together, really present their board with something that would be meaningful and impactful for that particular organization. And another benefit of the gift acceptance policy and refreshing it is so that it really makes plan giving part of the organization's DNA. If it's part of the DNA, it will always be something that the board has on there when they're reviewing their own accountability, it will be part of that discussion. I really like that about the DNA because a lot of nonprofits, they don't really focus much on planned giving. It really goes down to the to the end of the list 
in a crisis, they forget about it. They have so many other things on their plate. And I really like what you said about making planned giving and legacy giving part of the real DNA. But when I'm out speaking with the nonprofits on why they would want to do this and make sure that their boards are in line with it and really promoting planned giving is that as a funder, you need to know that many funders, it's part of their criteria. Organizations are coming to us to ask for us to invest in their future sustainability. And if they're not doing everything possible to promote their future sustainability, why would we invest our money with them? And that's really what a legacy program tells people is that this is a solid organization. It's a good bet. It's going to be around for a long time. And that's so important in your plan giving communications. And that's why we like to show donor stories, because if you have a donor, here's this person, well, they've included this charity in their will. So, wow, this must be a really solid charity if this nice person has done this. I will share with you that I'm currently revising our own gift acceptance policy. And it's been a very interesting process. And I've reached out to other community foundations and some universities to get copies of theirs. And quite frankly, I think I've come across at least four other community foundations, large community foundations, are actually in the process of revising theirs now as well. Thanks, Bill Strickland of the California Community Foundation, and thanks, Kathy Sheffield. If you have a question you would like to ask Kathy, find the Charitable Chit Chat with Kathy and Claire Facebook page and ask your plan giving question. For resources and to learn more, visit charitablechitchat.com. Charitable Chit Chat with Kathy and Claire is the essential radio show for philanthropy professionals, and we're more than a podcast. We're your friends in plan giving. <laughs>